Ooh, fun facts, facts are fun with Addison and Caitlin. Hi, welcome to Fun Facts Live. I'm your host, David, and with me today is Allison. Hello. Caitlin. Hi. RJ. Hello. And special guest today, Jack. Jack. Hello. Jake. Oh, boy. Jack. Oh, wow. gosh. What is wrong with me? I'm sorry. I'm the worst host ever. I don't know why anyone listens to this. Oh, my gosh. Sorry, Jake. Oh, good. Mostly correct. Yeah, I do appreciate you um, letting me win the challenge earlier, though. So I mean, was, I was totally fun. threw that one for you. It was, <laughs> it was all for you. I appreciate it. I did struggle to get through to the end, but I eventually made it. Uh, yeah. So, so I mean, the uh, hardest part was making it look like I was uh, losing, not on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a special talent yeah. you got there. Uh, all right, so Fun Facts Live is brought to you by Wardramacallit. And rather than reading the ad today, I'm just going to tell you what's been happening with Wardramacallit because it's been kind of exciting for me. Um, we got featured as um, new game in New Games We Love, mm -hmm. something like 30-some countries. Very exciting. Yeah, including the U.S., mm -hmm. so I got to see it in my own app store. Mm -hmm. um, and that resulted in about 1,200 new players, which is wow. awesome. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the leaderboards are full. The coffee break is more difficult than ever. Congratulations to Quell. Doug. He's Doug and Word McCall. He's Doug and Word McCall. Yes. Sorry, on Discord, he's Quell. <laughs> but um, congratulations to Doug for winning yesterday's coffee break. I hope you got lots of high fives. I'm, I'm sure it must have been at least 100 of them. Um, so that's pretty exciting. And uh, yeah. It's it's uh, it's been it's been a fun project. Although, of course, with the first thousand players coming all at once, there are bound to be some issues with the game. So I've been uh, like running around like crazy trying to fix a couple of, of bugs. We had some people actually buy things in the game for the first time, which Ooh. uncovered some bugs <laughs> in, the, uh -oh. in the vending machine. Oh my gosh. So getting those fixed up and getting getting things going. So all uh, good all good problems to have though. I yeah. mean <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. To be like, oh I have too many players. <laughs> now I have to fix some things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I have to say, um, it's also so last time this happened with Match, we got most of our players all in one batch, and that's that's pretty much all the, the players we ever got. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's been a nice it's been a great community. I mean, it's been a lot of fun for the people who stick around and, and hang out on the Discord and watch the stream and all that. So it, that, it's been awesome. But um, so I know with this batch is like a one-time deal. And so that really, so as be, whereas before the, and when I didn't know any better, I was like, yes, I finally made it. I'm a real game studio and everybody, you know, things are going to, players are going to keep coming. But no, it's like, one, a day of new players uh -huh. and then back to zero. <laughs> so I know that's coming. And so now I'm like, oh my gosh, did I do enough? Were there too many bugs? Like, uh, are they going to just try the game and then hate it and leave? And like, oh, so now it's like, it's a little more stressful than, than exciting actually for me. It's still exciting though. Still exciting. Yeah. 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 Anyway, 
I, I was asking Allison this morning. She's, she gives me advice about what I should say and what I shouldn't. <laughs> um, a lot of times, um, I shouldn't be saying these things. But anyway, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, I like I kind of find it fun to talk about like what goes on behind the scenes a little bit. But I have no idea if players are interested in any of this stuff or if I just want to. Uh, if I should save it for a different audience. So, if anybody's got any feedback on that. Love to hear it. Do you like to hear more about what goes on behind the scenes? Do you just not, does it like ruin the game for you? If, if <laughs> you make it not fun, I don't know. Very, very curious to know. So anyway, what you call it? Uh, available in the App Store, Google Play. Um, download it yeah. now. Hurry. Yeah, that was a very sweet update, so I'm not going to read my fake ad for Word Who's It. Oh, come on. Go, go ahead. You can read it. She always, gives it. she always tells me about the game that she's working on that's so much better than the one I'm working on. What was the last one? Solitaire Match. Solitaire yes. Match. Solitaire Match is so great. Everything is a little bit better. <laughs> than that Solitaire. But, uh, yeah. but her latest creation is... Where'd you mahoose it? All right, let's hear about it. <laughs> let's hear how great it is. Today's podcast is brought to you by Wordjamahoozit. Wordjamahoozit is the world's premier word-powered cruise line. Swipe words, collect cards, and power the ship from magical destination to magical destination. Join Captain Bingo, master of Come the high on. seas, as he charts a course for adventure. Such a ripoff. Such a ripoff. <laughs> and, and basically, you're ripping off yourself yeah, because you're yeah. the person who is going to go in the first place. That's why I call it syndication. Yeah. <laughs> it's a spin off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> With the objective of sinking the sinking mind, yes. Ouch. Yeah. Can we yes. get a battleship spinoff? <laughs> yeah, yes. that'd be fun. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't noticed, we're I think we're we're a little competitive. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, on to the fun facts. Caitlin, you were you were out last week. Um, yes. Which made the place feel a little empty i it gotta did. say Aww. yeah it was it was sad so i hope you had a good time and did. uh welcome back thank you <laughs> what have you got for us yeah so i have a uh my travel my my brief amount of travel um inspired my fun fact today so i'm very excited about this so i went to maine last weekend uh, to see some family there and on the way back we stopped in a town in Maine called Paris so that we could, ha because we had our dog oh. Paris with us. So <laughs> yes. So I, I should have backed up. I should have started with that. So um, people who don't know, uh, I have a dog whose name is Paris and right. So I said, Oh, well we need to stop by Paris, Maine and like <laughs> be like, we have, we took Paris to Paris. Aww. Right. <laughs> so we have a picture to go on the Christmas card and all that good stuff. Awesome. Anyway, but that made me start thinking about how Maine is, or town names in Maine are are kind of inter it's interesting to me anyway that there are a lot of places in Maine named after uh, other other countries and and cities in other countries. Um, so there's I'm just looking at a, a 
picture of, of a particular sign that lists Norway, Paris, Denmark, Naples, Sweden, Poland, Mexico, Peru, and China. <laughs> These are all towns in Maine. And I believe what? there are a few. Yeah. There's also Moscow. There's Belfast. There's a, there's a ton of them. Um, so I was like, wait, why is this? Uh, yeah, so anyway, so, I, so, so this, is, this is my, here's my fun fact now. Um, so in New England in general, if you've spent any time there, you might realize that there are a lot of towns in kind of all across New England that are named after places in England. Mm-hmm. So Portland and uh, Exeter and York and uh, Concord. I mean, there's just like so many of them. Dover. I mean, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a lot, right? And because... And often those towns were named that because the settlers were from that place in England. Ah. Maine is a little different in, in terms of these, especially in terms of these kind of, I guess, more, more foreign, I don't know, not like place names, you know, not English place names. Uh-huh. Because, and it actually, it goes back to the fact that kind of the interior of Maine was settled and definitely incorporated later than a lot of the rest of New England because it was more wilderness. It was, you know, way out there. <laughs> okay. um, there were weather's more extreme, were, I guess. Um, not so much the weather, but like there uh. were wars going on. I mean, in the 1700s, more it was the frontier, right? Okay. <laughs> in, in sort, in a way. And so there were, you know, there were wars with the with the French Canadians happening <laughs> and so people just didn't settle in like the central and northern part of maine as much ah the war zone um, okay yeah <laughs> kind of so a lot of these towns were not incorporated until the 1800s um versus a lot of the rest of new england like the town i live in in massachusetts was incorporated in 1635 it's like one of the oldest places in the state wow um sorry paris the dog is making a weird noise <laughs> anyway um where was I? So, yeah, so all these places in Maine that are named after other countries uh, were mostly incorporated in the 1800s. And there's a total mishmash of why they were named what they are, because they're mostly not named that because the settlers were from there. Belfast does seem to be the, that does seem to be the case. OK, mm. um, but but in the case of Paris, it is not, you know, it was not settled by French people from Paris. It was named Paris as a way of thanking the French for their help during the American Revolution. Um, Places like Mexico and Peru were named (sighs) such because those countries were going through their own wars of independence at the time. And the people who were responsible for incorporating the town decided they were going to basically express sympathy for those, uh, for those, um, those revolutionaries by naming their town wow. after their country. Um, a few of them, a few of the places I think, so I think Denmark and Norway were both named that because people thought that the landscape looked like those countries. Okay. Oh no, not Norway. Sorry. Norway is actually a special case that I was going to leave to the end. Um, Denmark, I think was that way. And I think Sweden also, oh. um, there are a few. So the really, a couple really weird ones are that, China and Poland were named after hymns. Uh, I don't know what these hymns would be, but apparently there are famous hymns. 
Um, no idea. China and no idea. Poland. That's yeah. Okay. No idea. And and then the other. So anyway, so I left. So I was I was going to leave Norway to the end. So Norway um, was actually not in, originally intended to be named after the country of Norway. The people of the town wanted it to be called Norwich. I don't know if I'm saying that right. N O R A G E. Okay. Which is taken from a Native American word for waterfalls. Oh. Because there are nice. there are waterfalls around there. It's kind of the it's a sort of mountainous part of the state. Anyway, but when they sent off the paperwork to the the capital, the state capital for incorporation or whatever you do when you incorporate a town, somebody thought, oh, that's a misspelling, and they just called it Norway, and they just changed it to Norway. So when the townspeople got their paperwork back, it all said Norway on it. <laughs> okay. Wow. <laughs> and so now it is Norway. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's so interesting. It makes me kind of want to visit them all. Like, I feel like there is like um, a tour that needs to be created where you can visit all the countries in, <laughs> well, it's not like at Epcot. <laughs> um, I hate to break it to you. These are mostly very small towns. I think the population of Paris is something like 5,000 people. Um, Paris and Norway are actually basically are adjacent to each other. Cool. And they're both fairly small. <laughs> so I think the combined of the two is maybe less than 20,000 people. To me, that makes uh, it even pretty, more they're, interesting. They're, <laughs> sure. Yeah, but I think you'd have, to, you'd have to drive quite a bit to get from one. To, if you wanted to take a tour of all these interestingly <laughs> named places, you'd have quite a lot of driving. <laughs> you <laughs> should basically cover the whole state. <laughs> yeah, you could, probably couldn't do it all at once. But I, one of the apps I have prototyped years ago and wanted to build was um, actually, this would fit perfectly, but it was something like that where uh, if you're looking for something to do for the weekend or just something in general, like one of the, you could pick um, like, like for example, ghost, like ghosts sightings or ghost towns or haunted uh-huh. places. And there would be a, a list of them that you could like go visit each one and check them off and then get a badge for it. It's just super simple. But that would that would totally be one I'd want to add. It's like visit all the, the countries in in Maine. All the countries in Maine. Yeah. I just like checking off lists and getting badges. Uh, okay. <laughs> so so yeah, that, that I'll have to add that one to my list. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> that is uh, that is very interesting. Uh, Norway, Maine is a typo. Autocorrect. It's an early, it's an early autocorrect. 18th yes. century yes. autocorrect. Yes. Or 19th century, sorry, it was 1800. Awesome. All right. So next up, we got Allison, yeah. uh, purveyor of Hujima Huzit. Hujima Huzit. And other knockoffs of my games. All right. <laughs> Go ahead. What have you got? So now I don't feel bad about pouring salt in the wound (laughs) um, because my fun fact was inspired by last week's dream and I wanted to do the history of the photo finish. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Uh, of course. (laughs) Let's face it, you weren't going to feel bad about it anyway. (laughs) Um, So... Should I say, I should say that what we're referring to, why that's uh, kind of humorous. Last week... Um, on the Match Solitaire 
uh, puzzle challenge, Saturday challenge. Yep. I almost had a comeback. Um, it was it was a photo finish, and we had to go to the replay to figure out who won. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, Allison was who pretty won, confident but... she had won, but I wasn't. So we went to the replay, and it's so close. Like her cards are are still flying up in the air when I got the last match. But anyway, photo finished last week. So what have you got? What's the history? So um, the first use of the photo finish was in horse racing. Okay. Um, and it was actually developed in 1878. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so the kind of, and the guy who invented the, the system for the photo finish, his name was um, Edward Mybridge and he um, created like the mechanism by placing a really thin wire across the finish line of a horse track, which was attached to a series of mounted cameras so that when the wire was tripped, it would take essentially simultaneous photos of the finish line. Um, so he had kind of developed the schematics for it in 1878, but it wasn't actually used for the first time until 1881. Um, at a racetrack in Plainfield, New Jersey. Um, but this was before kind of a lot of the more modern innovations in camera technology. Um, so the shutter was horizontal. Um, so the horses on the inside of the track would appear like stationary and the horses on the outside of the track would still be in motion. So it kind of in photo finishes unfairly looked like the horses on the outside were farther ahead. Uh. Um, mm. than the horses on the inside. But because obviously we know horse racing is associated with gambling and essentially has been for a very long time, um, they felt the need to kind of develop a more accurate means of identifying the photo finish so people could be sure of the outcomes okay. of the race. Mm -hmm. um, so in 1937, they developed... Um, what's called a strip camera, and it uses a single vertical slit rather than the horizontal shutter. Um, so the difference is it produces um, shots of different points at a fixed location as, a, as opposed to different locations as a fixed point in time. Um, and the guy who actually developed it was a camera operator for Paramount, in Hollywood, and it was first used um, at the Del Mar Turf Club in California, which is Bing Crosby's horse track that he owned. So it's kind mm. of a merging of like motion picture camera technology okay. and horse racing. Precursor to bullet time. To what? Bullet time. What's bullet time? It's like uh, in the Matrix where this, the scene uh, pauses and then it, you the view rotates and uh, then it continues. Got you, got you, okay. It's a great way to see like um, Keanu Reeves dodging bullets in the Matrix. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's sort of like why we have it is so people could be sure that their kind of outcomes of their gambling were accurate. Um, yes. But I did want to give a special... There was a lot of money behind it. Um, Maria-related shout-out. Um, oh. Because the first time that the um, photo finish was used um, in athletics was at the 1912 Olympics in Stockholm, which also oh. kind of relates back to RJ's fun fact last week. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Um, so the photo finish is obviously still used. Um, the most recent sport to adopt the photo finish was actually NASCAR, because oh. I guess 
typically they don't have finishes that close or have required it. Um, But yeah, so still in use today and they've really kind of enhanced um, the ability to get accurate results. Um, So it's very rare that you have kind of a tie in any timed event anymore. Um, One example that's I think really cool um, is the difference between um, like how... I guess how accurate the camera is. Um, It's basically even since between the 2008 Olympics and the 1996 Olympics, um, the photographs were at 1,000 times per second, and they jumped up to 3,000 times per second. So it's Mm -hmm. it gets so yeah, there aren't that many kind of ties anymore. (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing to me. um, Speaking of ties, how close the swimming events are. Mm Like the, mm-hmm. the the dis the the separation in time is usually hundreds or sometimes even thousands of a second, which is insane that you can swim for that long and be that everyone's that tight. Um, yeah, it feels like they've like almost reached the limit of what's what's possible. But I guess it's the same way in um, with running. Although now in running, sometimes there's just a standout person who's just like so much better than everyone else it's and then there's then there's the crowd that all comes in together yeah but and in swimming i think at least for the like at the olympic level don't they put sensors in the yeah. wall of the pool yeah, yeah. so it's, it's not touch. a photo it's yeah. not a photo thing anymore it's, it's a touching touch. the yeah. wall yeah. yeah yeah so they get much i think yeah they wouldn't Probably be able to do more accurate. It, yeah wouldn't be able to do that with a camera no but yeah but you mentioned nascar and um, I have to give a shout out to my, my family lives in um, Wilkesboro, North Carolina, which is the home, I believe, oh man, I should fact check this, <laughs> but it's off the top of my head, but I believe it's the home of NASCAR. And there's a, there's a um, old, uh, I, think I think it's, it's like the birthplace of NASCAR. Oh, not, okay. Birth- they're not. Because I know not that the NASCAR home. Sorry, I meant birthplace yeah. because the original track is still there, but it's in disrepair. Like it's it's just like abandoned and really sad mm. looking. And 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 every once in a while, someone tries to uh, has thoughts of resurrecting it, the track and bringing NASCAR back to Wilkesboro. But so far, the farthest they've gotten is the um, lawnmower races, <laughs> which are a lot of fun to watch. I yeah. think I've mentioned those before <laughs> on the stream, but. You ever get a chance to watch um, lawnmowers race around a track? Highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. It, it kind of reminds me of um, you know you go there for the same reasons you go to a baseball game is to have the hot dogs and uh, sit around and 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 have a, a nice evening while you watch people race lawnmowers and they're actually pretty dang fast. Yeah. Yeah. They really. It's really impressive how fast a lawnmower can go. Yep. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that brings us to. Jake, welcome. Oh, and, um, uh, I, I think that was a pretty good segue because uh, oh. I'm going to talk about people going fast. Oh, perfect. Oh. <laughs> it's like it was meant to be. So uh, most of you guys drive, um, and if you've ever driven, I'm sure that you've complained about other people going either too fast or too slow. Um, most of the time, it's too fast. Um, but the uh, the dubious honor of the first speeding tickets goes to a Walter Arnold in, uh, from Paddockwood, Kent in 1896. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 
he was going four times the speed limit. Um, and he got a ticket for four pounds, seven shillings. If I'm reading that right. Um, for going impressive eight miles an hour. <laughs> Please, you can you can run that fast. Uh, I'm not sure I can run that fast. Yeah, I don't think I can run that fast. <laughs> Wait. Number? Wait. Wait a second. Four pounds seven. And the, what vehicle? Uh, uh, it was a one of the first like Mercedes Benz, I guess. Oh, uh, that's what it says. Okay. Um, so it was a but car. The, uh, yeah. Okay. The uh, the police officer had to chase him down on his bicycle. <laughs> uh, he did, um, and then gave him a ticket. Uh, for going four times the speed limit. Uh, the speed limit at the time was two miles an hour. Oh my um, gosh. That's now, I feel like you definitely could walk two miles an hour. You definitely can. Now, why was the speed limit so low? That's obvious, the obvious follow-up question here. Well, I I want to know how he knew how fast he was going. He didn't have a rate. Like, he didn't have one of the, like, the guns. Like, how oh, was he true. clocking him? How do you clock the speed? Uh, there's um, a lot of questions here. This and raises did cars even questions. have speedometers then? <laughs> this the raises question. a lot more questions than it answers. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Okay. Um. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing but um, homework. Uh, I, I would assume that if everyone else is going two miles an hour uh, and you're going eight, <laughs> Um, or faster, you'll be yeah. noticed. Um, yeah. You're gonna stand out. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. his car. I mean, it. It was in 1896, so I don't think cars went much faster than eight miles an hour at the time. <laughs> so it was probably like maxing that thing out. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, it was probably like, do you, sir, do you know how fast you were going? And he's like, I do actually. It's eight. He's <laughs> <laughs> scoring it. Oh, okay. Yes. You're going eight. <laughs> I, ha I have a theory. We can we can say if the, we can find out if this is true okay. or not. But like, um, if I noticed, I don't know if they have these anymore. But on the highway, they used to have markers, and they would say your speed is being tracked by air or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And um, basically, they can time how long it takes you to get between two markers, uh -huh. and then figure out your speed that way. Do so, you think there was a mathematician in a <laughs> <yes>. hot air <laughs> balloon? Yes. <laughs> okay. Probably it. Okay. Yeah, cool. probably two posts and, and somebody with a stopwatch <laughs> and like, oh, you got between those two posts four times faster than you should have. Yeah. So. <laughs> probably 100% well, right. So they, they still kind of do that. Uh, like, so especially in the Middle East, they'll have um, basically like toll tag cameras um, and they will time you between two, point, two points on the road and say, you know, oh. if you're going speed limit you should take this long um they don't really do anything about it everyone there just ignores the rules They're more like guidelines um but yeah so they, they still do that they don't uh, i think some places out in like west united states like out in the middle of nowhere like they still have people that you know fly around and, and track people's speed but oh okay <laughs> Okay, those things work for me. Like, I remember when we were in Maine, um, just before we got to our Airbnb, there was a thing that would pop up oh. and say what your speed was, and it would flash if you were going too fast. Yeah. And I always took great pride in getting under <laughs> the speed yeah. and not making it flash. Yes. There's can. one of those 
near my house that i mean it's like a 30 mile an hour zone it's not like fast or anything but the the sign will instead of if you're under the speed limit instead of displaying your speed it gives you a smiley face oh that's awesome that's very nice it's like getting a badge a sticker every time you go by i would definitely go for the smiley face yeah does it work for you no. Uh. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm rocketing down the road, but I'm like, I'm going within five miles an hour. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. Do they give you a frowny face then? Or, or no. You just, oh, you just no, get it just says like 33 and flashes or whatever. Okay. Too fast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Well, that was awesome. And now it's time for RJ to bring it home. What have you got for us, RJ? A lot of, a lot of art today. So, a lot, so of, a lot art. of things yeah. to draw. Yeah. Wow. It's really and I cool think I'm going to, uh, apologies to anyone watching the stream because I think I'm going to go in and add mine afterward because um, we all know how talking and drawing goes for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but what I am going to go back and draw later is a llama. Ooh. So be sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok and whatnot to see the final drawing with a beautiful llama. Cool. Uh, I, so I was looking at my list of fun fact items and I had a line item that just said cost of Argentine llamas and nothing else. (laughs) And I was like, um, okay, past RJ, like what, what were you thinking? What did that mean? I knew it had come up in a podcast, but I couldn't remember which podcast. So then I'm Googling like true crime podcast llama and not really finding much party llama i I remember we had a thing about who had the the most expensive party once yeah yes oh yes i think there were i think there were maybe llamas involved in that most expensive birthday party (laughs) but so what i learned from this podcast which i did find i did find which podcast it was um it strangely was smokescreen fake priest which is excellent and you should listen to it if you're into that kind of thing but uh this this fake priest had was scamming people getting money like air quotes for his church but was actually just taking people's money okay and at one point he used a lot of the money to buy a herd of llamas and then when he eventually like went to prison for scamming people, somebody had to take care of these llamas. (laughs) And it turns out that, so he bought them, I think in like 2012-ish or maybe 2014, somewhere around there. Um, Argentine llamas, they're super rare and they could have cost up to like, like six digits, like, like 40, $50,000 for a single llama wow. for a large llama from Argentina. And then, so part of, part of his problem also was that he bought all these llamas when they were that expensive thinking it's like an investment right. yeah. to have your, your herd of llamas. But when the economy sort of, sort of goes down, turns out the cost of llamas also goes down because <laughs> yes. if people don't have money, they're not going to spend it on something like a llama Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but llamas t- today still these rare rareish i guess argentine llamas can cost as much as five thousand dollars wow because there are only about 200 of them in the u.s that wow. are like purebred argentine llamas 
Mm. Wow. And so people just want them for like pets or status or something. They're not actually, or, or is it, are they valuable because their wool is like finer or it's just. Yeah. They're, um, I, I was on another website that had all these reasons why you should buy a llama and now I'm no longer <laughs> on it, but, um, wool for sure. Uh, they, apparently there's different, like different quality of llama wool. So okay. if you have a really good high quality wool, then it will be more expensive. Okay. Uh, and you can, I don't know, there's, you, you can keep keep llamas, I guess. Okay. <laughs> but I think a lot of it is just sort of status and okay. uh, having them on on your farm. Not, I'm I'm like hesitating because I'm trying to find this again and I can't find it. But um, <laughs> so kind of like right. having a thoroughbred horse, similar like I see, status yeah. kind mm -hmm. of thing. I hear they're not so, nice. Like they spit at you. They run around and like. Like hit, they bump into you with their chest, knock you over. What? Like they're not nice. What? Yeah. Llamas. Apparently, yeah, they do spit. Apparently, they can be trained, because this website, which is how much does a llama cost, <laughs> says that a llama with no training can be as little as four hundred to nine hundred dollars, but a llama used for breeding or weaning can start at fifteen hundred. So you can train them. Um, okay. Uh, I thought I saw something some about. Manners. What was I looking at about the trend? Oh, they can be used as a livestock guard. So they can protect oh. sheep from coyotes and stuff. Yeah, oh. because they're mean. <laughs> yeah, llamas can grow up to six feet tall and weigh 450 pounds. Yeah, they're not messing not around when they, they chase you around. Yeah, they, if a llama's chasing you around, it's it's like scary. They're pretty tall. And, mm -hmm. and their chests are like right about head height. So, well... Depends on your on your height, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's kind of intimidating. Um, I, I I used to go visit the alpaca farms in on the um, oh, I always forget the name of the islands out there west of Seattle, northwest a bit. Anyway, um, they they have really nice wool, but also are they're kind of grouchy. They're kind of they're not mm -hmm. really pleasant animals. <laughs> they they don't really like being they don't really like people coming around in the fields and stuff i, I think they're a little like territorial or something i don't know i was gonna say we had a nice llama story recently oh we did yeah so we went um when we had our little mini vacation um we spent a lot of time because david absolutely loved this little chocolate cafe yes oh my gosh and they had oh yeah i forgot about the llama. they had a painting of a llama on the wall and we went there basically every day of our vacation. So we got to know the owners and yep. the staff. <laughs> and um, our last day there, they're like, oh, you know, thanks for coming and everything. Take one of like, take whatever one of like the cards or postcards you want from the rack. And I said, and they had a little like postcard of the painting of the llama. And I was like, oh, I definitely Aww. want this. And so we got a whole nice story that it was the owner's sister's llama in Peru. <laughs> yes. And she had painted the picture. Um, but I know I don't remember what the llama's name is. I know it started with a C. Oh yeah, it was like don't ask me or, about names. I mean, yeah, I'll find it. I've got the yeah. postcard somewhere over there. No but yeah, it's been nice forever thing. to learn Allison's but, name. Yes, that's true. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> uh, but it was a cute little, we have a little postcard of a Peruvian llama to commemorate our trip to Connecticut. Yes, that's true. I totally <laughs> forgot cute. about that. And yes, if you're ever in Mystic, Connecticut, please. Go to the go. Mystic River Chocolate Cafe. Yes. Oh, they're so they're so nice, and I really mm. hope that business does well. Yeah. Um, but the guy, a little incentive for you to go, the guy is making the chocolate in the back, like from beans. Yeah. So from nibs, cocoa nibs. So it smells like fresh chocolate. I don't know. It just it's mm. divine. Yeah. Um, everything I tried there. I, it we weren't we're only there. I only got to go like four times. Yeah. And uh, only. Yeah. yeah. Well, they have like twelve drinks, so I only got to try four of them. But uh, oh well. Next. Yeah. There's always next time. Hope to go back yep. eventually. And get two drinks at a time. <laughs> I could, but they're impossible. I couldn't even, to be honest, couldn't even finish one because, it, I mean, it. They make intense chocolate drinks. Yeah. It's like they're thick. The spoon and they pretty don't much sell stands like up. Smalls. <laughs> no, there isn't a small. <laughs> There's no like kitty cup. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's intense and so thick chocolate something in it like say, one day i got a mocha or whatever there's always you can get something a little extra and then they asked do you want whipped cream chocolate shavings like i, I can't remember it was like four things and of course yes to them all so it's it's a massive drink <laughs> uh yeah, yeah highly recommended amazing. yeah oh yeah makes me i really want to go back now <laughs> All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Fun Facts Live. Um, RJ, do you want to tell people where they can find us? See if they yes. enjoyed this show. I sort of, sort of already did. Okay. I, I started drawing the llama here, but but uh, I got ahead of myself there with my uh, advertising. Um, if you like the show, follow us on all the social media. We're at Hot Chai Games on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. If you're not watching on Twitch right now, we're also Hot Chai Games there, where we stream the Match Solitaire Daily Challenge and then record this podcast live every Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. Like, subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Yeah, awesome. All right, well, that's it for us. We'll see you again next week, same time, same place. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye, guys. Ooh, fun facts, facts with Allison and Caitlin.